This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we started doing virtual visits. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. This week has flown by for me. I had a, a sleepers column, a bus column, which had people, a bunch of personal attacks in my appearance, physical appearance and all kinds of stuff, which was fun. Um, and, wait, and I, wait, 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 slow down. Some, people yeah. attacked your physical appearance? I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, because I, I, first of all, I'm, I'm told that like I'm writing about a bust for every team. So I have to pick one player per team. And I even do the preamble that it's more overvalued and all that. And it's football, not baseball. Some of these only have like two or three options even. Um, so I, I give my case on overvalued, but apparently if they're on some of these people's teams, that's my Twitter feed just littered of people calling me idiots and uh, making fun of my uh, haircut and, and, and pictures of me and all kinds of stuff. It's pretty, it's pretty wild to actually have this profession and just get the, with the personal attacks and whatnot. It's, it's too bad. I wish I had thick skin. So it, really, it bothers you, like the personal attacks. If they say your haircut looks like, what are you, well, I mean, I tried to not let it bother me. Did your parents cut your hair? I mean, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm cutting my yeah, own hair, in, but in I, fairness, I could use an updated uh, mugshot on there for to be sure, and it is a bad haircut. It's not much of one, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I, I guess it bothers me a little bit enough to, to talk to you about it. I guess, but I don't engage or anything. I think I told someone to have a good day to you too, sir, or something like that. But oh. anyway, that a lot of uh, no, you a should lot be of, like, no, no, dude, you're doing it wrong. If if someone's this is your haircut, a haircut's personal. It's your choice. It's your appearance. You're like, I'll fucking kill you. And put your address in the in the comment and say, "Here's where I live. Come to my house. I will fucking kill you." You never talk shit about a man's haircut. Yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, if 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 I were a real man or didn't have any consequences, um, or if I were a real man, maybe maybe that would be the case. But reality, if if you got fired because some dude was gratuitously just shitting on your look for no reason, I mean, so you, you don't think a player is going to be good in fantasy that he likes, and he shits on your look. And you go to town, you, you push the nuclear button, and you get fired for that, you'll be the most famous fantasy pundit ever. Don't worry. You'll, you'll always trade have off would be Trade off would be worth, yes. worth it. Okay, all right. But anyway, um, where was I? I have, I have a lot of uh, articles, whatever, 6,000 words of busts and sleepers and um, whatnot. And a, but weird, it's a couple salary cap uh, drafts myself, uh, back-to-back nights, one in which at a 14-team league, you had no clue that was happening because of the whole uh, Yahoo accounts not being tied to personal emails, and I had my suspicions. So luckily for everyone involved, list did not ruin the night uh, because, yeah, you would have been the only one who didn't show up. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but, yeah, the week flew by for me. I have very few notes. Um, 
It's a good time for a short brief one anyway. You had to push us back to Friday afternoon and next week's when the actual games start. Not that we'll, you know, go over each game too much. We won't bore you with that, but, you know, actual picks start we'll do it next fast. week. Yeah. Remember, we got into a good groove where we yeah, sure. went through sure. each game, you know, the, the picks. We didn't go into, like, yeah. laborious, well, I like, you know, all the, it was just sort of, I, I like that. It's just way yeah. better. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody yeah. cares about the why. They just want some wins. And we're going to put some W's on the board this year, man. You know, we're not going to, we're going to, we're going to win some money this year. Yeah, I plan to. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I'll see how much we're going to agree or disagree. But um, yeah, you know what would be nice if we just got up to a good start the first two weeks? I'll take yeah. even two weeks. You know, yeah. go, How about going into week three, eight and two or something just yeah. once? You know, week, that, four, that would be an- week four, 19 and one. 18, one and one going into week four. I would take that. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm I would excited, man. That. Sports. Is gonna, uh, football is going to happen. And I don't know what if there's going to be a difference like when the – I don't know. Is there going to be – I know that the whole schedule is planned of what happens after week one. They can reset or whatever the, the schedule is planned in there. But do you think there's going to be a big difference with you know actual players you know being up close to each other in contact when the games actually start? I mean to me it's kind of wild how few people have tested positive. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, I, I don't know. I, it, f- it seems like the NFL is immune. Like they're just going to be like, fuck this. We're going to do what we have to do to make this work, no matter how much is involved. This is the same league that basically kicked Kaepernick out, you know, because he knelt and like pretended like, oh no, he just, he just, no teams are interested. Like he's just not good enough to play in this league. Same league that tried to cheat the dudes who were totally brain damaged and physically damaged out of health insurance for retired players. And, you know, they're just going to make this work. And, the truth is that most people want it to work, I think. Most fans want them to make it work. It's unlikely, like, even if the NFL did have cases, it's unlikely that the NFL is the reason that we didn't stamp out this virus. Like, they could contribute a little bit to the spread, but we have way bigger, you know, it's just a tiny, tiny fraction of sliver of society, the NFL, especially if there's no fans at the game. So I'm not saying they're going to outright commit any frauds, but... I just feel like they're just going to do what it takes to get the season done. That's just my belief. I could be wrong. Maybe the uh, results will be overwhelmingly bad and they won't be able to get out of it. But my vibe, my guess is they're just going to, it's just going to happen and it's going to be less disruptive than baseball was. That's my guess. Yeah. I'm obviously hoping for it uh, for sure, but I did just kind of realize that I was, Oh, I'm kind of just assuming that this is going to go smoothly. Um, But in reality, they're going to be playing in close quarters. They're not uh, in a bubble like basketball and, or they're not even like any restricted as far as travel like baseball. So I mean, it could be very different once uh, the, the games actually start happening. But um, what do you think about the ratings issues, uh, the, the NBA and MLB down? And I was reading an athletic article saying that they think NFL is going to be up, but man, in my head, I'm like, Oh, people are, are going to be starved without sports for months and, all, and they're, it's going to be through the roof. But in reality, sports have become far more politicized and uh, it's been divisive and the, the, the numbers are down across the board. Yeah, it's I think politics is taking, you know, the front and center and it's so boring and stupid. It's like so dull. I, we had a guy who I like, one of our listeners asked me about that. I think the 17 year old in, in Oregon or whatever, not in Oregon, in Wisconsin, and I was like, oh, yeah, we can talk about that. And then I was about to research it, and I was like, you know what? I don't care. I just don't – I'm not even paying attention to that stuff. Like the, the story mm-hmm. of this guy and the media frames it one way and mm-hmm. other people frame it the other way and what's the real truth and what's going on. I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know. I'm so 
I, I couldn't have more distrust of the media right, than I do. So anything that showed that they misportrayed something or that there was two sides of this, or mm-hmm. there's no point in me reading it because I already am there. There's nothing for me to discover. I, I just don't trust them. I don't believe them. Obviously, there's some bad stuff happening for real. Some of it they report. Some of it they exaggerate. Some of it they make up. Some of it's real. But I don't care about sifting through it because I just don't – it's not – to me, that's not what should be on one's mind right now. And I do think, like, if you love sports, you should be watching sports and playing in a fantasy league. If you love physics, you should be inventing some, something or reading about it or, or whatever it is you love. That's what you should be doing. Or you should be spending time with your family or going to the beach uh, or playing a sport. But what you should not be doing is obsessing over politics. I'm, I'm just, I'm certain of that. And, you know, the fact that people are so in this thing, like so riled up about it. I mean, most of your political beliefs are just based on bullshit. I will just tell you right now, most of your beliefs are based on bullshit, based on stuff that's been manipulated, based on stuff that's not fully exactly as it's, you know, it's been spun. Maybe it's been totally outright false. Maybe it's been, uh, maybe you're misinterpreting it. Maybe you think it means something that it doesn't. Most of your political beliefs are just total garbage. You don't know the people involved personally. You're getting secondhand information from people who have yeah. agendas. I mean, it's just such bullshit. At least with football, you watch the game and you can be like, oh, that guy looked really good in the three carries he got. You know, maybe I'll you know, pick him up on a, you know, in case the guy ahead of him gets hurt. Like, it's actually something you know, you see. So um, people you know, should be going more towards sports. If you like sports, if you don't like sports, then don't watch it. But this is, uh, it's, a, it's, it's not healthy when society gets, that everything gets politicized. Like, who gives a shit? Yeah, it seems like a weird thing to me to even make to, to have anything bother you about that. But who am I to tell people how to feel? But I will say, I know personally leagues that, have, that are not forming and people dropping out of others, long-standing ones, be, because of this. And it's it's kind of caught me off guard. But I guess it shouldn't have. But every, everything in life is becoming more politicized. Is it because um, like but, they're pissed that there's some trumper in their league, or is it because they're like, oh, I just can't focus on fantasy football right now. There's too much at stake right now. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't answer that question, but I think other people are, are, are neither of those, and they're thrown off at just the they, they think sports is being more politicized uh, itself. I, I don't know. I couldn't answer for them, man. It's not me. It's not me at all. So they're, I, I don't they're know. They're pissed that sports. What do you mean that sports is being politicized? That there's yeah, like I, names yes, on. I mean, what do you care guess, if basketball players put an, uh, a, a, a name on their jersey? Too, you know, World B yes. Free was doing that in the seventies. Who cares? It's cool. World B. I was like when I was I a kid, I had a bad basketball card. I was like. Whose world be free? I didn't understand it. I was like, what? That's the guy's name. I didn't understand it. And then, of course, Meta World Peace. But so what? That's cool. I, I like how you don't even you didn't even get it. But yes, I mean, that's what like Trump. I guess the Trump would argue the the um, the kneel, you know, the kneeling, whatever the excess, you know, that more so. Who cares? Now, you know, that, I know who cares. Here's the, here's the dumbest thing. Here's the dumbest, dumbest, dumbest thing. I'm a patriot, right? I like at least what the country's supposed to stand for, the Constitution and the rights that we have and the freedoms that we have. So one of those freedoms is that, you know, is different than living in some police state, although we're getting there, is you don't have to salute the flag. You don't have to be pious about your patriotism. Why? Because we live in a free country. In a totalitarian country, go to North Korea and shit on Kim Jong-un when he's walking by and, or don't, you know, salute or stand or do whatever you're supposed to do. See what happens to you then. Say some shit about Xi or whatever his name is in China and, you know, post about it online and and criticize him and see what happens. But in the U.S., 
You can shit on Trump. You can talk shit about the flag. You can kneel. You can take your hat, keep your hat on. Whatever the hell. You can sit down when it's going on. That's what it means to be in a free country is to be able to do shit like that. And it's not a big deal. Now, it's not, there's no legal consequences to it. But if, oh, I've got to clutch my pearls. They didn't respect the flag. I think we should have respect for at least the principles of what the country stands for. But if somebody chooses because they're free and I respect their freedom not to do that, who gives a fuck? Right. I mean, that's the whole. It's so ironic that if you you call yourself a patriot, yet you're policing some dude for sitting, standing, whatever. What is that doing anything to you? He's not like getting in your way or stopping you from enjoying your life. Like, what do you care? It's just a symbol, dude. Who cares? You know, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. No, neither neither do I. I don't understand it either. That's I, it, it's perplexing to me. I understand it, people disagreeing I, with it. I understand people saying, "Look, man, like you know, this country is great, and I, I I love the principles of it, and it's you know whatever, and I I, I would prefer that you stood." I understand that. That's fine. Totally. But yes. If he's not doing it, it, who gives a fuck? Oh, he has to no, do it too. You. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect you. It's just he's just doing that before a game. You know, it's it's so you, you can agree with his reasons or not, but who gives a shit? It's just not your problem. You know, he's protesting something. Even if you think, oh, he's just full of shit. You know, he's, he's just trying to aggrandize himself. Well, A, you don't know that because you're not privy to his motivations and thoughts. But B, even if that were true, who gives a shit? He's just doing that. I don't, I just don't understand. Yeah. So it's sure. funny you say that, though. I just want to say that there was like a column written um, of all about the ratings being down. And it listed like whatever, five to ten reasons. And not one of them was what I just brought up. And I guess he got so much feedback, he had to write an entire column the next day addressing like the why he, he did. So it's not just uh, things that I have witnessed or people have told me or whatever. I mean, I, I really do believe this is uh, an issue. And, I, but I, and I'm agreeing with you that it's, it doesn't make any sense why that would let you affect your own personal life. But, but, but again, who am I to tell people how to feel? No, I mean, you feel however you want, but like, right. why would you not watch a basketball game? I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, you feel it's so hurtful, this sim- symbolism. Symbolism is a problem, you know? I mean, the, the human brain, and we talked about this before, I, I'm pretty sure the human brain, like the emotional center that the processes emotions, I don't think it actually distinguishes between real and symbolic. So let's say you, you know, do something horrible, you know, kill somebody or kill somebody's family member, or you, somebody's family member has cancer and you say something incredibly insensitive about it, in their mind, it's whether you've just symbolically, you, you know, not cared about their death or, you know, wished their death, or you actually yeah. did it, it's the same, the symbol of it and the reality of it registers in the same place. I, I think, I could be wrong, you know, just some neurosurgeons or, I don't know what branch of science, neurophysicists, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's the same center. And so you had things like, you know, people would draw a blasphemous cartoon of Muhammad and there'd be like, they guys would come in and shoot up the cartoonist office. You know, that happened. The symbol and the reality, like the cartoon is not the reality, but it's a symbol. And they were symbolically, you know, negating these people's entire belief system. And so the symbol was so powerful that these people, you know, they, they felt compelled to commit mass murder. And I think it's, you know, it's similar. It's like the symbol of what they're doing is so hurtful to people that it's as though they're actually destroying the Constitution itself. Not the piece of paper that it's written on, but the act, you know, saying, no, you no longer have freedoms. You, you can't, you know, you can't be a patriot for the U.S. You, you know, but that's not happening. It's just a symbol. It's just a kneeling. It's just, the song is just a symbol. 
And it's a huge, just society-wide, and it, it, you see it everywhere, where the symbol and the reality is, is processed as though it's the same thing, and it's just so not the same thing. And they've, you know, they've proven the whole disrespecting the flag thing. I mean, it's, you know, someone who uh, told them to actually do that and all that stuff. So, yeah, I, I, yes, I don't know. It's all, it's all, uh, it doesn't make sense to me, but I I do think it exists right now. And it's only going to widen. I mean, right now, each side is only digging in deeper and uh, obviously with um, the election coming up. So it's, um, I I don't know the answer, but I hope, I'd love everyone to just go back to watching sports. And and, and, I mean, I feel, I don't know what, it doesn't feel like that aspect shoved down anyone's throats in my opinion. But, but again, I'm not telling anyone how to feel. And the reality is it it is affecting people and the numbers are down across the board. Um, And I'm curious how it's going to affect football too. So it's also weird as far as competitive advantage, as far as some stadiums having fans and some not, but um, that's, that's going to be interesting uh, uh, as well, but um, what we want to talk some uh, football lists, or, or, or do you have I want to talk one other mind? thing that is okay. on my mind, which is the stock market went down on Thursday three and a half percent. It was the first time the S and P five hundred dropped three and a half percent. Apple lost eight uh, percent. It was about flat today, so it was the first time in like a month the S and P even went down at all, and it went down pretty big. And people are saying, well, I mean, big deal if it goes down, the Fed's going to step in and just put a floor under that, and so keep buying stocks. But I've been talking about this. I've been reading some guys who were saying, no, the Fed actually can't do that. The, the Fed makes reserves available for banks, and banks can lend. And if the banks lend money into existence, there's inflationary pressure. It goes into stocks, basically prints money. And that, well, people are like, okay, well, if that's not happened, then why has the market gone up so much in a horrible economy where everyone's losing their job and the, the news is getting worse by the week? Well, because people think it's happening. And if they think it's happening, then they're going to buy stocks because they're going to feel confident. Uh, and so... There's a, this guy gave an example of, let's say you're at the uh, farmer's market in some you know, Italian square, and I don't know when, uh, D or 100 AD, and you know, their merchants and, and buyers are n- negotiating, uh, haggling over products, and the richest guy in town comes in and says, I will buy any product for five times its cost that is unsold. Okay? I, I'm just going to do that. Okay? At the end of the day, anything unsold, I'm going to buy it for five times its cost. Well, all the sellers are going to be like, great, okay, I'm going to raise all my prices because why would I sell it to you know, Joe Schmo who's haggling with me when I can get five times the, the cost you know, right. at the end of the day? But then Joe Schmo needs some stuff. He needs some food. He needs some goods. So he starts paying more for it. And he's also like, you know, I could hold this stuff till the end of the day and just sell it to the guy anyway, myself. So the prices start going way up and everybody buys it. But what happens if the dude doesn't show up at the end of the day? Like, what happens if he just said he was going to do it, and they believed him, but he actually doesn't show up? What does happen? Well, what happens is, <laughs> if, you, if you paid for that stuff, you're left holding the bag, and that stuff's worth, you know, at best, a fifth of, you know, 20% on the dollar of what you paid for it. And you can't get rid of it, and you just spent all your money on some junk. So, that, you know, that's kind of a model of what's maybe happening. And so... Uh, the Fed's in a, a real pickle because stocks start going down, and they will eventually because they went up for a whole month. They, you know, eventually, someone's going to take a profit and sell, and enough people will do so. And then it starts going down, and people are like, buy the dip. The Fed's got this. Fed's got this. Well, they can't lower rates anymore. So like, what are they going to do? Well, they can't go ahead and just pay for stuff because that's against the whatever the initial law is that brought the Fed into existence. They're not allowed to spend directly. They're only allowed to make reserves available. So they could break the law and go nuts, but they haven't yet. It would be a huge, huge 
inflationary, probably uh, monetary system collapse event if they do, and they don't want to do that. So they've got this problem where it's great that everyone thinks they're going to do it. They don't have to do it themselves, and everybody else will keep buying and keeping the prices up. But if it starts to go down, people are going to be like, are they going to do this or not? And if they do it, if they you know, cross the Rubicon and you have massive inflation, and secondly, if they keep doing it, then people are saying, you know, there'll be the Dave Portnoy thing where stocks never go down. I'm going to keep buying, keep buying. No matter how high it is, I'm going to buy more because I know that guy at the end of the day is going to pay whatever for them, right? I'm, he's just going to cover me, so I'm going to keep going. But that's not good either because what you're going to have is everybody who has stocks is going to get rich and everybody who doesn't have stocks who save money is going to be broke because all the money is going to be transferred into the stock market. So that's not good either. You can't do that. On the other hand, if you say you're going to buy all this stuff or at least you, you know, you've made people think you're going to buy all this stuff and you're not there to buy all this stuff at the end of the day and basically the level of the market's trading it based on the horrible economy is priced in that the Fed's going to take care of it, right? It's, it's only trading this high because people think the Fed's got this. And if they start to doubt that the Fed has this and the Fed doesn't do anything, where's the market going to go? It's going to absolutely collapse. So they're, they're stuck because if they keep bailing it out or at least making people think they bail it out, at a certain point you have to actually do it. It's illegal. You may destroy the whole system by you know, just literally printing money into oblivion and causing inflation beyond all measure. Or if they don't do it, then the market's going to crash eventually. This was just a temporary sort of oh, well, we're going to get people to buy it themselves. And hopefully six months later, because this happened in March, it's six months later, nothing's collapsed. Hopefully the, the economy's strong again and we're buying companies because the companies are doing well. But it doesn't seem like the economy's very strong right now. It's, it doesn't seem like we're in any better spot than we were in March. You know, stocks aren't the only thing that are down, Liz. Yep. Oh, yeah. Bitcoin's down. It's funny. I have a friend. I don't really care about the price because I'm so confident. It's down. At yeah, 10-6. I know. I, I forgot about this bet. Uh, my, my buddy Corey listened to this podcast and had to remind me, remembers this podcast more than me about your bet, that your $100 yeah. bet. Was he right? Okay. Cause nope. he, I, I forgot so much. He's like, I swear that happened. I'm like, no, you're probably right. So you have a $100 bet that it would not drop below 10000 And last night it did. It did? I don't think it did. Oh, I believe it dipped below 10,000. 10, yes. I got to look it up. I, when I went to bed last night, it was like 10,2, and I woke up, it was like 10,4. It dipped. Okay, well, we're going to have to check. We're going to see. It's verifiable. See, uh, Someone will know. It's definitely been up, but yeah, I know. I'm curious now. So, I'll, yeah, I'll I don't know. I, I thought it didn't. I was trying to look at the low on my chart, but I haven't verified it. So I thought, ooh, I just got away with it. <laughs> so hopefully that, that's that. But for me, you know, it's 100 bucks, and he's going to you know get the last laugh if, if, uh, if I have to pay him, and that's fine. It's more just a pride thing, but... I'm not especially worried about the price because that's right. a real market. There's, there's no Fed bailing out. The Fed hates it. Fed, this is the enemy of the Fed. It's the competition. So this thing went down to 3,800 in March and went all the way back up, which is extremely bullish. And there's no one backstopping it. No one thinks, oh, don't worry. Bitcoin can't go down to 3,000. X will bail it out. No, it's the free market will bail it out. People who want it will bail it out. That's, that's a real, that's strength. It's not some bullshit market. Oh, I know. No, there are a lot of people. Uh, is that my email coming in showing you? Uh, there were a lot of. Uh, it did a lot dip below 10K. Uh, God damn it. I, I paid Neil 100 bucks. <laughs> Fucker. Sorry. There's a lot of what people. What did it get to? Uh, it got below oh, 99.90. Briefly changed hands for 99.90. Sorry to be the best. But that's it. I, I own the money. That's it. That's fucking yeah. shit. That's, that's annoying. 99.90. What an uh, asshole. Kinda, whoever, whoever bought that shit, whoever sold that shit at 99.90. What a nutless monkey that guy is. That's kind of funny that uh, you find it out though on, on the pod. But yeah, I, no, that, I wasn't uh, sure. It, it, I, I thought it had, I thought I had gotten, I was like, Ooh, that was close. 
but I would, you know, I wasn't positive that you know, a lot of panic sellers and I'm, I'm, I'm confident. So, but it was, uh, yeah, no, it's still been, uh, not, not great, not, not ideal, but, um, hopefully it's, uh, whatever all these other, like Sweden's basically allowing you to pay, uh, taxes with it now. And so many other companies are turning it. I mean, it's basically becoming, um, a currency. So it's, uh, still, I don't, yeah, I don't give a shit about the short term. Buy the dip, buy the dip. That's yeah, basically I should have bought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just have like an auto dollar cost average in, but I'm just like, Ugh, that sucks. I got, I got to pay him a hundred bucks. Cause he was like, That's yeah, right. there'll be a buying thing. Oh yeah. You think there'll be a buying opportunity? It's not going below 10. And so like technically, you know, I mean, I was mostly right, but uh, technically he was right. Cause it went below 10. I mean, what, it is what it is. A bet has to have a demarcation and that was it. So yeah, that's, that's the, uh, and, and there's this guy. So the, stocks, you, the stocks is what scary, right? I mean, I don't know what to make of that. Well, I mean, I, I, the Tesla split was really interesting. I've asked you backstage a little, but I don't, I, I've just stayed away or whatever, but, um, yeah, go ahead, continue. Put, but so this, so there's this guy, I told you I followed Puru Saxena and he's this like trader and all this stuff was up a ton, uh, last, you know, whatever. And then he, you know, was like, Oh, you know, maybe Wednesday was the top, but I'm staying in and, you know, I lost a bunch, but he made a lot of money, you know, since March. And so, and I, I trust the guy. He seems like a very legitimate, uh, he's not like a bullshit artist. Doesn't sound like it to me. Anyway, he quoted this other guy who, I forget his name. Uh, it's like an Indian name. Uh, but this guy got famous because he kind of schooled some CNBC anchor about, about something about economics, you know, that was, that was pretty good and it, it got retweeted a lot. Anyway, this guy made this, made this uh, tweet thread basically saying like, this is not, 2001, you know, the 1999 bubble into 2001 crash because he said then interest rates were at 6%. So, you know, people are chasing after all these, you know, high flying pets.com and all these companies, all these companies that were going up like the companies are now. And, but the problem was there was this safe 6% revenue that you could get. And so it was a lot harder for those companies to make their case basically to, keep the money in them. And, and finally, people just started buying the 6%. He said, you know, you have to compare everything to the riskless rate of return. And if it's 6% for uh, T-bills, then, you know, these companies have to really be good. And there's a lot more pressure. He said, now, you know, it's basically 0.66. And so the, you know, these companies, you know, everyone's going to keep their money in and that's the whole thing. And I was thinking, no, that's bullshit because the 6%, I don't know much about how it was in 2000 or whatever, was at least ostensibly a market-based rate. It's like that's the amount that the market felt you should get for lending out money. You know, with the government, the riskless rate of return, if the government wanted to borrow money from you and you buy a T-bill, you should get 6%. But now it's 0.66, not because the market has decided, you know, that 0.66% is the correct, you know, amount of reward you should get for the amount of risk you're taking by lending money to the government. It's because it's been artificially set that way to stimulate the economy. So you can't look at it as, well, this is like a market-based riskless rate of return. This is a fake rate of return. The rates, if, if they weren't, you know, if the Fed wasn't like constantly buying the T-bills and sending the rates down, it would probably be a lot higher. So I'm not saying I'm right and they're not. They're, these are sophisticated, savvy investors, but I feel like there's like the elephant in the room is being ignored. Like this is horrible recession, so much job loss, so yeah, much, uh, say, everything yeah. so extended through February, even before COVID, this pandemic, things aren't open, the airlines, no fans in, in the audience for sports, restaurants. I mean, they, it's like the, they're like acting like, oh, look at the PDE, PDE ratio and the, and the uh, riskless rate of return. And let's, you know, this is the important thing about investing. It's like, dude, 
what the fuck? I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm the I'll, idiot and they're right, but I just feel like if, if people stop believing in the magic of the Fed and the Fed doesn't do the crazy and pay for everything, which would just basically destroy the system, I don't see how it doesn't crash. I, you know, I've been wrong for six months, though. I mean, so who knows? Outdoor restaurants will be tougher when the weather changes. Yeah. Unemployment rates are scary. Said it's uh, no. I, I, yeah, I'm trying to avoid more of it because the more you read, the more you can, can convince yourself that the future looks so. Election so, so chaos tough. coming up. That like. Oh yeah, that's going to be chaos. That's guaranteed. The only thing certain is that that will be considered controversial. You know, one way or the other. Um, by the way, Trump should be considered the heavy favorite right now, right? I don't know about heavy, but I think he's the favorite. I think he's going to win. I'll, I'll go. Go ahead and go so far and say I think Trump should be considered the heavy. Favorite I think they're about even money now, but I just think like the Democrats. It's like if you hate Trump that much, why the fuck would you run these? They ha- the reason they did this. They don't want Biden. Biden is a disaster. It's just that they had to get rid of Bernie. They couldn't tolerate Bernie, so they had to. And the only guy that they could use to get rid of him was Biden because he was a, a name for low information voters. If everyone got behind him, maybe they could get Bernie out, and it worked. They did it. They don't want Biden. I think they're just pretending everything's fine. I think they're panicking. Nancy Pelosi's like, oh, well, you know, it's beneath his dignity to debate Trump. Now they're trying to, like, sow the seeds to avoid the debates. Like, it's beneath, oh, no, no, you can't debate him. It's beneath his dignity. They're going to try to hide this guy because they know it. I wrote this. It's like, it's like asking him to play left tackle for the Giants to get him on a debate stage. There's just, it's going to be, it's elder abuse. It's terrible. The polls have been shifting to, and uh, from what polls that you can find now, suddenly those have become right. uh, quieter. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, the, I think Michael Moore even came out and basically said, "That's not why." I think, but he just jumped to my mind. He came out and basically said, uh, "His his internal polling is, uh, yeah, Trump's Trump's looking very very good." Um, and um, I believe it. I, just multiple. It's a lot of anecdotal, and who knows with the numbers, but. Right. Um, I'm just saying, if, honestly, I think the true odds right now, he's a heavy favorite because of the looming also debate, too. I mean, just wait till that happens or or does it? I don't, I don't think they can do it. I, I think oh. they know they can't do it, but they have to act like, oh, of course, Biden wants to debate. He's eager to shut this asshole up. And then it'll be like, no, the DNC's decided it's not, you know, it's beneath the dignity of the office. And Biden's angry. They're going to say Biden's really mad. He wanted the debate. He fought it. But. We just as a party realize that this is not, you know, they're going to make up some shit like that. And I don't think very many people are going to buy it. Yeah. Um, one, one quick other thing, speaking of statistics, uh, would probably should be mentioned that kind of made pretty big news. That, that, so 6% of COVID um, came with no core co- comorbid, morbid, morbidities. morbidity. Yeah. Jesus, comorbidities. Um, so that's about, uh, I don't know. I guess it's, it's startling, but not really totally shocking. It's basically what to make of that, right? Yeah, it was a thing that was kind of spun, I think, by uh, people who wanted to make it seem like this is overblown to say, well, you know, only 6% of the people who died of COVID instead of 180,000 or whatever it is, you know, it's like much, much smaller amount. It's like 12,000 or something. It's 12,000 of people 54 and under. So 12,000 of people 54 and under. Well, that's true. I mean, yeah, the risk to the average healthy young person is relatively low. I mean, Yohan Moncada said he's not been the same. You know, Eduardo Rodriguez had heart issues because of it. So it's not like nothing. But they did a thing where they said that only 6% of people died just straight up from COVID. And 94% died of COVID and diabetes or kidney disease or whatever. But I think I read a a rebuttal to that that was like, 
when people die of any virus or a lot of other things, there's like three comorbidities usually. It's like, well, they got cancer and then they got kidney failure because the cancer attacked some organ and then that organ failed. Now, I don't know which, you know, again, this is the kind of stuff, this is why I don't even, I stopped even reading this kind of stuff. I did read this because I heard about this. I can't take a side on this stuff because... I don't know what the truth is about this. Oh, the, and the numbers can be so manipulated too, and how it's presented, and and, and what. Uh, yeah, there are so many different ways. Is it overreported, underreported? Yeah. It's right. and, and then the the fact of just the the, the benefit of, of getting paid or hospitals too, and all that stuff. So I don't I don't know what to make of it either. But that was just an interesting you know interesting revelation. Yeah, no, it was interesting. There's been a lot of stuff. I mean, I think the the things that really for me. I'm living by is outdoors good, indoors bad. So, you know, we see other families at the beach. Um, Sasha goes swimming with the kid. You know, we swim. We just at the beach today. I took a surf lesson. It was hard. And then we went swimming later. It was fun. You know, we do outdoor stuff. I think that's held up pretty well. I'm pretty sure. You know, I, I wear a mask inside in a public place and I wash my hands when I get home. I try to remember. And I'm not like socializing in large groups. And if I do see like a few families, it'll be totally outdoors, nothing inside. And that's it. So, that's all. That's all I can really do. I'm not really flying anywhere. You know, I mean, if there were an emergency, if someone in my family, knock on wood, got sick and I had to make a trip, I would. But, I, you know, I'm not like I'm not doing it just to like hang out with somebody in France or something like that. I'm not doing that kind of trip. Yeah. So we're going to a group is getting together for the local fantasy football league Sunday. And it just so happens to be a call for 111 degrees that day, by far the highest of the past 20, because that's the way timing works. So it'll be more difficult to be outdoors at 111. Right. But um, we'll see Real how man, that goes. Really likes to have a nice yeah. outdoor draft in the sun. Yeah, 111. And 111. Yeah. So a couple things. Yeah. So and eat well, too, for sure. Yeah. Just stay. Try to oh, stay yeah. healthy and, and eat well. And yeah, definitely get sun and vitamin D. If you can't get sun, not everyone can get sun. Go ahead and take the vitamin, uh, vitamin D. And then, um, I, I'm with you on everything you said, but also, I don't know if you've come across this, but like long COVID, you read about that and it's people that, uh, didn't die from it, but they're dealing with issues for months. I mean, you just read hashtag long COVID on Twitter and, it, and you can get scared there too. So, um, I don't know what to make of it, but it's all, uh, it's all, uh, it's all scary, but, but yeah, eat well and, um, take vitamin D and my daughter's school, I bet is going to go back in the next couple weeks too. So I'll let you know how, what, so, how's Sasha situation? So her school starts on Monday and we're holding her out for a week. Um, okay. Okay. All right. And, okay. Like, and, 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 and they, they're trying to tell you not to, but you're just going to do it. Right. Yeah. We're kind of like, it's bullshit. Like you can't tell us that. Right. And they won't do it in writing. I don't think cause they don't, <laughs> it's like, it's COVID. It's a private school. We pay for it. It's like, if we want to take a week, we're going to take a week. Obviously understandable. They're like, oh, we have all these precautions. So a lot of the people are French, and they all have their summer vacation in France, and they don't really give a shit that much. And France got a lot of cases, and they're coming back. And Portugal was low. It's getting higher now. And it's not like I'm, you know, if she got it or whatever, I'm not so worried about her. I mean, she's kind of a beast, and she's young. But, you know, we could get it or spread it. And I'm just sort of like, you know, we've been careful. We sort of, you know, we locked down pretty seriously for a few weeks in the beginning, a month, whatever it was. Yep. And I'm sort of like, why am I just caving in? Because, oh, the school says so. Oh, the school. I must obey the school. Fuck the school. Right? The school's not my boss. I'm already annoyed that I have to, like, schedule vacations around school time. I don't care about, you know, it's like, oh, well, oh, you can only travel because, you know, it's the school year. It's, dude, the school year, I mean, come on. Are you serious? When they're eight years old, you miss, who cares if you miss a couple weeks of school? It's just some school. 
It's just some building you send your kids, you know? I mean, it's not a big deal. So I don't know. I'm just the whole tyranny of the school year has just always annoyed me. Like, oh, you have to schedule, you know, and, uh, sports are always like, you know, not when it's, it never works for my schedule. So I'm always free in like June and February, but well, please let me know how that week goes. Yeah. yeah. I'm curious. Yeah. Well, we are going to send her to this outdoor woods camp for like, cause Portugal's public schools don't start for another week and they canceled. They didn't get enough signups, which sucks. Cause that was like going to be great. She's going to have like an outdoor place to go. So it's going to be miserable because we're going to be stuck, you know, in the house. But anyway, that's what it is. Uh, you, you want to quickly, I know you got to go. You want to talk a quick, uh, some football? Yeah, no, it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got a couple minutes. Sure. Um, Leonard Fournette. Um, I don't get it, man. I, I don't understand the infatuation with this guy. It, I, it's, it has to just simply because he was drafted high. He must've been a, a, a baller to watch in college or something, because I don't understand it. The guy is just so bad on the field. The worst team in the NFL cut him. And yet people are still like top 20 fantasy back, or a lot of people are talking him up. Can you explain the infatuation with Fournette to me? He's 10 days before the season on a team with five other running backs. It's bizarre to me. Well, they paid him a couple mil. It's not much. And there's a bonus. He can get up to three and a half. So they didn't put that much money on him. They signed him on purpose. I mean, it was they they disrupted their situation to get him in, and you usually do that for a reason. It is a pedigreed guy, and I was talking to Jeff about this on the XM show. But usually, these players, like you know, I don't really follow college, and I definitely don't follow high school football. But usually, these players and their agents and their there's like a whole pipeline, right? Like there's guys, coaches, assistant mm, coaches sure. who coach at different places, different colleges. Like they they're so connected for so many years. And there might be someone in the Bucks organization that's like, oh, yeah, Fournette. Oh, he was a monster high school recruiter. You know, I remember him in college. I was hoping to get him, but he, he didn't fall to a, You know, th- there's so many things like that that, you know, relationships that we don't even know about. Um, right now, I'm no looking doubt. at my no rankings. Doubt. I thought I had Ronald Jones ahead of him, but someone's changed. I would have absolutely cried if he ended up uh, in Kansas City, but that is instead the perfect, my all-fade team, the Bucks. I mean, I'm down on Godwin and uh, Evans and Brady and, and Grok, so just perfect to mess with Fournette and that, and that says, who would you take, uh, in a draft today first, Ronald Jones or Fournette? I think that's a debate. I have Jones ahead of him by a couple spots because, uh, in, in PPR, because, uh, Bruce Arians said Ronald Jones is still the guy. There probably is a little bit of learning and running backs, the easiest thing to learn, but there's probably a little bit that he has to do. And, you know, for, as you said, Fournette's not that good. And people like, well, Ronald Jones missed one blitz pickup and that's it. Fournette misses a bliss. It's not like Fournette has like been a model citizen or a player, you know, that's had his head on straight his whole career either. It's not like, oh yeah, he'll never miss a blitz pickup or, you know, drop a pass or something. So that, you know, they're both shaky options. You know, I have a lot of Ronald Jones, so I'm hoping that he's the man and he keeps it. But, but they're, you know, people are like, well, it's not your fault. If, how could you foresee the Jags cutting Fournette after having paid his salary and then the Bucks signing him at the last minute? if you drafted Jones. And I'm like, well, you can't foresee that specifically. That's totally unforeseeable, but it is foreseeable that Ronald Jones fumbles or, you know, he was, he was a guy who had tons of upside, but that was very insecure in his role. So this is part of what you bargained for when he got Ronald Jones in the sixth or seventh round instead of the second round. And we'll see how it plays out. I'm, I'm not upset where I got him. I'm still like, all right, Ronald Jones has a chance to be good. It's obviously worse than before, but he's got a chance. I guess the argument I, I want to make here with Fournette um, is, I think there's just a disconnect with volume and ability in football 
well, it doesn't exist in baseball. Like if a, a batter just put up volume stats, you could easily look at his OPS or whatever and, and call him, you know, a, whatever, a fraud. Uh, the same thing with Devontae Freeman, which you agree with here. Like, why are people mentioning his name? I mean, I don't know. I, I know you don't love the stats, but Warren Sharp says on on first down rushes in the first half last year. So, I mean, that's just stripping every single thing you possibly can. Fournette got 2.7 yards per carry and a 25% success rate. I mean, he's the worst, the worst dead last of all the qualifying backs in those. I mean, I, I just don't, I don't know, man, maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but to me, he just seems like an afterthought and people continue to get excited. And it's, it's a lot of people too. It's not, it's not uh, not just you or a few people. I'm not saying that you're fired up about Fournette, by the way, but, um, last I'm super fired up. I'm going to take yeah. him in the first round. I'm going to shock the world, take him six overall in my, yeah. I uh, think that's a mess of a situation. Committee situation there. Are you doing a prime time? I am. I'm doing it tomorrow, and I got the sixth pick. And I was t- you were telling me to take Derrick Henry, but I I can't do it. I, and I was telling you, I texted you, and I tweeted about it. I have an Aaron Judge vibe about him. Like Aaron Judge is so good. I mean, Aaron Judge on base, power, exit velocities, consistently excellent. The guy's a great player. He's actually even good defensively and can run. But he's always hurt. Why is he hurt? Because he's like 6'8", 260. Like, baseball players aren't supposed to be that big. If you get a 6'8", 260 guy who can hit, man, he's going to have power. That's what you get. You know, Giancarlo Stanton, 6'5", 240. Imagine the power a guy that size is going to have. Jordan Alvarez, same thing, right? Gigantic guy. Maybe when you optimize for power, you you know have suboptimal durability because you're just too large. It's not ideal and then you have Derrick Henry, who he's like 6'3", 247, and he's a monster. I mean, when he's healthy, he's running people over the ground. I, you and I talked about this on the XM show. Like, we both agree it's not just running backs don't matter. He punishes the defense that, that has to have an effect. If you're playing defense, there's no way you want to see him in the backfield. Your safety or cornerback coming up to make that stop is terrible. But he had a leg problem last year. He had 303 carries in the regular season, another 70-something in the postseason, played all the way through January. I'm out, man. I'm out on him. I, if he's healthy, he's a good player. But that's the kind of guy I'm like. All right, he had his year, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look elsewhere. Yeah. So you brought up Henry because we talked about this on the XM show. Um, I'm big on him. I think it's definitely debatable. PPR, obviously, at six there. We could talk about that. I, I actually happen to be right around six to eight in my. Um, NFFC three events coming up. Um, but Derek Henry, in my opinion, at half PPR is right there in the conversation for the number one uh, pick. I, I, you laughed at me bringing up his high school stats. But to be clear, this guy ran for 4,200 yards and 55 touchdowns in 13 games as a senior. And uh, last year's splits without, uh, sorry, with Tannehill, he got eight, nearly 1,900 yards and 18 touchdowns in 17 games. So he's just, uh, I, I, this year they got rid of Deion Lewis. Uh, Darrington Evans has missed practice throughout summer camp. I just think his targets are bound to go up, and he's a special player because in the sense that no football teams center their offense around running backs these days, but Tennessee does. Um, having said that, he did battle that hamstring injury last year. Sports injury predictor has him as possible an injury risk among the, the backs, so you could be right about that. But it's just funny that Liss is Mr. All about the crazy athletes at wide receiver, um, and you get most excited about them and less the route-running technicians where we get, we're looking at a, a beast in his prime, Henry, and you're not enjoying it. So that to me, just I think I, he's I enjoy it. for 20 no, I'm, touchdowns. I'm man. Saying, I think he's just I'm not saying so I'm not good. enjoying it. I liked watching him in the playoffs, and I like the Titans, but – I'm not going to draft in my fantasy team. It's so who are we going with at six then? 
Well, CEH is what I'm hoping for, yeah. but I don't think he's going to be there. And then I'm going to have a choice: sure. Dalvin Cook yeah. or Michael Thomas. It's you know, Jeff and I were talking about like just take Michael Thomas as the safest pick, and then round two take Jonathan Taylor. You know, just say okay, well, here's my gamble. But Taylor, you know, he just, we just don't know when it's going to be when he starts going crazy. And you know, the NFFC isn't a tournament in, in like a DFS tournament. I was talking to Jeff about this. It's you got to you got to go ten and three. You got to like win consistently for. You know, 13 weeks to get into the playoffs. There's only two teams out of 12 to make the playoffs. It's not a regular playoff league where half the teams get in. It's, you have to have good consistency. It's not about, and if you have the most points in the regular season of anybody, it's an advantage because that's, that's one of your averages. But, you know, having like the amazing team for 13 weeks isn't really the goal. Having the greatest team, or whatever, just making the playoffs is the goal. You know, so that's, it's, it's not really that ceiling driven. It, it's, it's a little ceiling driven because that's, to- that's like the opposite of what I've been arguing about with Thomas is that the winner is not going to have Thomas on his team. It's going to be the team that hits the running back. But um, I get what you're saying. You have to make well, no, the tournament. Because you have to make the tournament. And the tournament's yeah. only three weeks, right? So let's say Thomas in the three weeks well, help gets get 30, 30 catches. He helps you get there. Let's say he has 30 catches for 350 yards and two touchdowns. Okay, you didn't win because your first round pick did that, right? I mean, you didn't win your league. But he didn't lose you the league either. So you need some combo, some stack, Minshew and Chark or something that go off for like Minshew averages 350 yards and a couple of rushing touchdowns. You know, he gets a rushing touchdown in two of the three games. He gets, you know, 10 touchdowns over that span. And Chark goes bananas like Des Bryant did that one year. And you have Thomas as your first round pick just, you know, doing his thing and you win the whole thing. But you know, it, it, your first round pick's probably not the guy who's going to win it for you. It's probably going to be someone who goes crazy, some stack that goes crazy for those three weeks in the NFFC. So I'll tell you who to take at six if you're uncomfortable with, with Derrick Henry um, and CEH is gone. Yeah, um, and I'm telling you, uh, I, I will take Joe Mixon. He's not not the biggest pass catcher, but why yeah. won't they throw him the ball more? And Burrow is going to make just – I feel like that's just underrated, the difference between the quarterback play last year and Burrow with those receivers. They get Jonah Williams back at left tackle. He's a, he's really good, Joe Mixon. So uh, I, I would I would take him – you know, in fact, I did that in our beat Chris List. Like not only yeah. am I managing – our baseball team my baseball team did the to the ground horribly in that but the football one i'm all about henry and i've been taking him super i had him in so many leagues in ours i decided to mix it up um with mixing there um and i think that's a viable pick for you at six there so with 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 uh, miles sanders and, and Kenyon drake injured and whatnot and my i just think running back so huge what do you think yeah i mean i don't want to take michael thomas i want to take a running back and i want to be able to take yeah, a receiver in round two, Chris Godwin or Tyree Killer. Tyree Kill won't make it back to me, but whoever. You know, I want to be able to do something different. If you don't take that running back in round one, you're chasing running back. It's tough. And I don't want to go zero running back again. I did that experiment. I was happy with it, but that's one league. I don't, that's not, I'm not, that's not my brand or something like that I want to build on. So uh, the problem with Mixon, and I, I hear you, Mixon would be, you know, now he's got the contract and migraines miraculously went away. Here's the problem mm-hmm. with him. I agree with you with Burrow. I agree Mixon is good. But 35 catches last year, 43 two years ago. Like, I get that Burrow's better, but... But he's capable, and it's a totally different quarterback, right? I mean, it's just totally different. It's a different quarterback, but the quarterback doesn't really matter unless it's like Phillip Rivers to the positive or some running quarterback who never checks down to the negative. Between Burrow and Andy Dalton or whoever the scrubs they had were... I don't know that Burrow's going to check down so much. I guess he checked down to CEH a lot, right? Wasn't he? Uh, They're both on the same team, so yeah. Maybe uh, maybe he likes to check down. 
Yeah, if Gio Bernard's still there, I just don't know that Mixon's going to get. Mixon needs to get. I gave him. In full PPR, it's so huge. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I sure. gave Mixon. Let me look at the projections for, uh, for Mixon this year. Um, why is that I think he can make up for it with, with more touchdowns than you project is what I would say. I won't even argue the catches. I, I gave I 11 total touchdowns, and I gave him like 40 <laughs> catches or 41 catches. But okay. I, you know, that's just a base hit in the first round if he, if he makes my projections, basically. It's a base hit. And maybe that's yeah. all you and, want in the first round. You know, hey, you know, he, he got me 42 catches. He got me 11 touchdowns. He got me 1,600 yards in scrimmage. Fine. It's fine. It didn't lose me the league, and I got to make my make it up later. Someone's got McCaffrey. I, someone's got Barkley. Someone's got Ceh, and I got just a base hit in the first round if everything goes right. Yeah, and I will say I do not love him facing uh, the Ravens and Steelers. Twenty five percent of his schedule, literally twenty five percent. And the Browns' schedule. defense is going to be better. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. It's not ideal. I don't know. Yeah, Dalvin it looks Cook, like I'm not going to get any top five picks in a, in a million of those NFL. I think I'm, uh, so I'm, some conspiracy has gone on now that I, all my draft orders have been done. So it's very frustrating. But, yes, we have to hit. They're, they're tough when it gets to this area. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's funny. You know, all my picks in the NFFC were four, five, five, four, and six. And then my pick, I have another league where I, I guess I picked 14th in, in the uh, FSGA the Vegas league was fifth. I've always picked like fifth, fourth, or sixth. I've never picked first, second, third, and I never picked, and I had one 14th pick, you know, in June. I, I just like, I picked in the same place. I'm looking at the same players every single draft. I have eight more drafts from Saturday to Wednesday, just a, a little bit, a little overboard, but it is what it is. Um, I, uh, I got to ask before we go, the Washington uh, situation with Peterson getting uh, he eighth most carries in the NFL. I didn't really see this coming though. I mean, I thought just obviously with Darius Geis gone and Bryce love does not look great. Uh, the footage of him with that, with that knee recovery, Antonio Gibson is wild, right? The guy has like 20 carries or something out his college career. I mean, where do you, what do you make of him? He's definitely one of the more interesting people to rank in, fantasy football uh, in recent memory it really pisses me off because i was going to take him in our in the beat chris list zero running back league in like the 11th round i was right I had he's only up, wide and i was like wait he's a wide receiver it doesn't help me and so i just couldn't do it there's no point i guess you know it'd be cool to have him as a wide receiver i on that team i probably wouldn't use him i moved him to 22nd and run i mean it's just a guess nobody knows i moved yeah, him to 22nd among running backs in ppr 21st among running backs in ppr i don't know you know i gave him a, Give him 711 rushing yards, 167 carries, five rushing touchdowns, 48 to four. Oh yeah, 48 catches, two receiving touchdowns. Yeah, who would you who would you rather, David Johnson or, or Gibson? I actually saw that debate. On I Twitter. had Johnson up a couple spots ahead of him, but I don't know, man. I, I'm gonna have a hard time drafting David Johnson. I just don't believe in the dude, and it, it's like Gibson for all we know, could get four carries a game and they <laughs> could, bust, you know, they could bring in Peyton Barber, for, you know, for God yeah, exactly. or, or, or Bryce Lover, whoever. And, and we just don't know. Whereas we know David Johnson after the trade with Hopkins is going to get a chance. So I have to project Johnson higher, but obviously if you're saying, if you were to say, well, one of these guys is going to be, well, actually, I don't know. What if you're saying, okay, we're going to do a hundred dollar bet and you had to pick, and it only pays Gibson, if one of them's a top Gibson, five pick. Gibson, Definitely Gibson, Gibson right? Yeah, but Johnson could get like you know two hundred fifty carries and sixty catches. I mean, he, no, you're right. That may be absurd for me to say because right. of the touches, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, but we, you know, I think he sucks, so there's no way he's going to do that. But even if he gets it, he's not going to be top five. I, I do think there's there's a flaw in like, oh, this guy is going to get volume. So if a guy's at least pretty good in a decent situation, going to get volume, fine, just pay for the volume. But 
if a guy's in a bad team and he's not a good player and he's slated to get volume, I think it's a mistake. And, and I remember you said a couple of weeks ago, like you're glad you don't have to do projections because it would screw up your drafting. And I think that's the kind of mistake you make by doing projections. It's just, oh, well, I, he's, you know, he's getting all these carries and catches. I, I've got to rank him high. And, and okay, well, you can rank him high, but just don't draft him there. Right. No, for sure. It definitely would affect me. Absolutely. Yeah. You may have David Johnson, your projections higher and that's totally fair. But if push came to shove at a draft table, you would be clicking the button on Gibson. I don't know for sure, but I, it would be a tough call. I don't know what to make of Gibson. It's just a wild guess. No, me neither. It's such a weird situation. Um, yeah. All right, man. Good stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, any more football talk? You got to take off. No, I'm, I'm good with football. I'm, I'm going to have this draft tomorrow. We can talk about that next week. And obviously we're going to be doing our uh, million dollar super contest. Entry. Oh yeah, yeah, no, definitely for sure. Right. No, this is not a joke. Football. This is not a joke this year, man. I know we've just been joking around, spending that money for no reason. But this is—I'm not sending you that money unless this is for real. Now, this is this is not the practice. Those were practice runs before. No question, man. I'm with you for sure. All right, man. Take it easy, Dalton. Good luck. Right. Later, this.